Hello, movie lovers, and welcome back to the 1980s movie Graveyard. It's a scary time right now, the scariest time of the year. You know, if you don't count maybe Christmas or tax season, depending on what's going tax on. Tax season's the scariest, usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're talking about Halloween. Time for the little ghouls and goblins to uh, run free. I'm the goat here with my main movie-watching compadre, Corey G. Corey G., we invite all our friends Say, come on, man, we're doing this podcast, come over to the basement, bring your favorite VHS tapes, bring your favorite DVDs, bring your laser discs, whatever. Come watch a movie with us, do a podcast. Nobody ever shows up. You know, but week after week, my dog shows up. <laughs> that is true. Your your dog is not only an avid movie fan, apparently, but also the main supporter of this podcast. Yes, yes. I think if she had thumbs, she would download it in a heartbeat. Exactly. And everybody, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about the 1980s Movie Graveyard page on Facebook, a great community where you can post whatever you want about your favorite 80s movies, or you can just, you know, hit the like button and watch the post roll in from us, you know, highlighting all our favorite films from the 80s, uh, trivia, fact, great, rare, behind-the-scenes photos, videos, whatever. Hit us up on Facebook. What's that? Us, you mean you, right? I mean me. (laughs) I might have to, for all you know, though, I have joined under an assumed name and am actually doing uh, work on that site. You never know. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. As my son says, never know underpants. Yeah. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds kind of funny. <laughs> never know underpants. But yeah, so, the, and I have to say, every single week we've been doing it. Uh, at the time of this recording, we've been doing it maybe a month now. Every week, we got new likes, we got new people commenting, new people enjoying the page. So, I mean, I I think it's an overwhelming success. And you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, as you know, Corey. Hit us up on the iTunes, give us a five star review. Get, we don't want you to do any of that. <laughs> All yeah, we want you too much work. Yeah, we just hit the like button on Facebook, download the show, listen to it. That's all we ever ask of you guys. You don't, you know, I don't even give a shit if you listen to it. If you click download, it mm-hmm. shows that you downloaded it. That is true. I don't care what you do after that. That is true. But yeah, it's a great time. We're getting ready for trick or treat and everything here. That's you, the movie I wanted to do, but you don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe next year. I, I'll be honest, as you know, uh, I, I, I was willing to order it uh, to do it here, but I was a little scared off by that cover. <laughs> Of Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, just a bad Photoshop. I was afraid I was getting a bootleg, and I don't support no, bootlegging. That's, that's it. That's a. It's pretty good. It's a good looking transfer too. That's. Are we talking widescreen, sixteen by nine for your no, HDTV? Full screen. Oh, full screen. Oh. So yeah. So you have a young son, Corey. Is, are, are kids now? You know, young kids. Are they still into dressing up in costumes? You know, do they get excited? I remember when I was a kid. Around August, you start planning your Halloween costume. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, September. Uh, yeah, actually, the end of August, we started going to the Halloween stores that open. He's going to be a, as of now, he's still planning on being a vampire for Halloween. Nice, nice. That's a classic one. I think I was a vampire at least two or three times growing up. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I wait till I get down to the wire there because I do a lot of, uh, um, you know, I go to the hospitals around here and do like all the pediatric walks for the sick kids. So I always got to try to outdo the last year costume. There you go. What what was what was uh, last year's? I was that big giant Frankenstein monster with like the smiling face, and I had the big 
inflatable bodysuit underneath. It, that thing was the most uncomfortable. I think I sent you a couple pictures. If not, I have uh, Jamie send them to you. I was actually on the news, on like different news wow. channels and everything. Yeah, I'd like to see that. No, I haven't seen that. But yeah, talking about the Halloween spirit, trick-or-treating, Halloween night. What's the perfect movie for us to cover? 1978's John Carpenter's Halloween. But we can't cover it because that was 1978. And this is the 1980s movie graveyard. Plus... Does anybody want to talk about that fucking movie anymore? I mean, it's great. I this it's great. It's a great movie. It's probably one of the best horror movies ever made. I'm so, you know, I've been watching that movie for 30 something years. I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. So I thought instead it'd be nice to cover, you know, you know, there was Halloween 2 where Michael and then you picked up and Michael Myers eventually got killed off. But I want to talk about the phantasmagorical triumphant return of michael myers and that would be with 1988's halloween 4 the return of michael myers welcome to the exciting world of the movies smoking is not permitted in this auditorium it's the law certificates are available at the box office for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. But is, is two really... Okay, what, what would two... Let's see, he makes a sandwich... Yeah. And then he goes to a hospital that has no security and no patients, mm-hmm. and he walks around like it's the fucking White House and White House down because he can't seem to find anybody in this hiccup. I mean, everybody says what, it, and it's a good movie. It's like it's the best slasher. It's like they only kill like three people in it. I, I'm I'm sorry, but well, not only that, but the hospital setting it technically takes place on, you know, later on Halloween night. It, it, but in all honesty, I feel like, don't you feel like this film is in more spirit, more uh, the real sequel to Halloween? Because he's out on the town while everybody's trick-or-treating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of course. So I thought this would be good. So we're going to go ahead and get the DVDs. Someone that captures the spirit there. Don't cut me off. captures <laughs> <laughs> the spirit real good, but that was made in the 2000s. is trick or treat. That's right. And and uh, we we gotta wait for this decade to finish, and then we can start up on the two thousands movie mausoleum. <laughs> Maybe for an anniversary special or for a special bonus, one day we'll do a commentary of a movie from the nineties. That would be interesting. I wonder if all our fans would uh, would leave us if we did that. I don't know. So anyway, we're gonna get the DVDs rolling, and. Uh, was Bard made in the 80s? I believe it was. I believe it was 88. I, I wouldn't mind doing that one. Talk about my man, the Hulkster, beating up a poor black guy. Yep. Let me see. I'm curious about that. Rip him. 89. 89. Yeah. yeah. That in the I like the Hulkster. Well, I think you're about the only one left. <laughs> Actually, I think that's all blown over by now. You think so? Everybody's concentrating on other celebrity crises now. According to Vince McMahon, he actually never wrestled for the WWF, so that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I predict in two years he'll be back there. Yeah. So the 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 what do you call it? The the light on the jack lantern is starting to go out on the front porch. So we need to get these DVDs rolling. All right. We're going to have some sync instructions if you're following the DVD. If not, don't worry. Just listen it's to like what... like you don't want me to talk to our fans. <laughs> no. Brother, I take that shit personally. <laughs> I, I, we already talked about Hulk Hogan. What's next? We're going to diverge off into the path and talk about I'm Jared from Subway. Let's start the ukulele and play the do 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 yeah, you had to play ukulele pretty fast to get that tune out. I think that'd be a yeah. tough one. But you you had to bend your fingers up on the fretboard and all that. Too good. So yeah, so our DVD copies. Maybe you have another version of this movie, but our DVD copies actually have no opening logos. You hit play on the DVD, and it, it flashes up the date October thirtieth, nineteen eighty eight, on the screen. So that's what we have right here. It's literally rocking the Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah, it's literally at the one second mark. I think this is the earliest we ever synced from a DVD mm-hmm. at the one second mark. So we're going to say. Yeah, you have to. So we're going to say one, two, three, go. You could probably just hit play on the menu, or you could, you know, get it from the one second mark. Either way, it will work. So everybody, I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When you hear me say go, hit play on your remotes. All right, everybody, one, two, three, go. All right. October 30th, 1988. I know. Great. Yeah, great opening. Mustafa Akkad was proud to get these rights back to this film series, wasn't he? I saw an interview with him, and I like that guy. I mean, it's sad that he passed away, but I like how uh, he was like, you know, they asked me, how many of these movies are you going to make? As long as he makes me money, I hope we go up to par 163. Yeah. This I mean, guy. He was honest. <laughs> I love that interview where he, he's holding the doll looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, they want to stab him, blow him up. He makes me money. <laughs> Oh, talk about a, f- a film producer having a connection with his main character, huh? <laughs> you ain't kidding. Yeah. I wonder what else he did when that camera quit rolling. Exactly. All right, here we go. I like. I remember like actually seeing this. I didn't believe this is the first Halloween movie I saw in the theater as a kid. Yeah, me too. And um, yeah, I just remember this opening montage of the farmland and stuff. Which I believe wasn't even anywhere near where they filmed or or they really faked it up because um, I think it, it was like really cool though. Yeah, like, like with, that fall kind of sunset. I thought it looked. All these eighties movies we've been doing that they look good. And there's our wet road. Granted, yeah, wet <laughs> rain. But I bet they washed it prior to that. <laughs> yeah, more rain. Mustafa um, Kaz's name again, in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah, to to um, I guess save money, they filmed this one, and you know these Halloween movies are always trying to make some place look like something it's not because it's supposed to be in illinois but the 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 first film they actually filmed in pasadena california this one they actually filmed to save money they filmed in salt lake city utah okay well i'll throw you a worse one remember uh friday the 13th part eight mm-hmm. where you were supposed to believe that canada was manhattan <laughs> yeah that is true that was worse but i think i think this film was successful and, uh, you know, well, I'm from... opened at number one or two. I think it, it was pretty po- It was real hot when it came out for the first couple of weeks, like any horror movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, the box office was only 17 and a half million, which seems, you know, whatever. But actually for like a very quickly released movie with not a lot of hype and stuff, that, that I mean, that was a hit, you know. 
Well, it didn't cost but what? Five million. I mean, yeah, say it more than tripled its budget, I'm assuming. Yeah, five million is the number that they throw out here, and I find usually with these low-budget movies, if they have a good director that can make it look good, like, usually they lie about the budget. It was probably half of this. Like, this is probably like a two and a half, three million dollar budget. At best. I mean, your your biggest name, in all honesty, in this film is Kathleen Kinmont. Yeah. Well, no, Donald Pleasance, but I'm going to yeah. say it again. I, I argued this on other shows. I don't like Donald Pleasance. I thought Malcolm McDowell made a better Loomis in the zombie films than Pleasance did in these films. That You, you would actually go as far to say that, that um, Malcolm McDowell was the real Loomis, wouldn't Yes, you? follow him on Twitter, at Real Loomis. All right, so here we go. Some doctors... Plus, Mel- plus, plus uh, uh, um, what's that fat fuck's name again? Donald Pleasance. Plus him dying really fucked up this series. So. But, but, you know, like, when when the first one... He was, like, 60 years old when they made the first one. How did they think he was going to live, like, decades <laughs> to keep chasing Michael Myers Why around? Why do people think they're going to keep making Phantasm movies? How old is that Angus Schramm now? 98? <laughs> I believe he's 87. Tie yarn to his hands and start pulling him? Yeah, it's just, you know... Yeah, but but this one was a, was a restart of the franchise. There, you know, originally there was going to be Canon Films was trying to get involved, and uh, then they kind of went the way of the dodo, and then eventually they got tired of you know kind of dealing with it. So John Carpenter and Deborah Hill sold off whatever uh, involvement they had, and then uh, Mustafa had all the rights to himself, you know, and uh, that's why he went forward. Uh, director Dwight Little, who I thought did a great job. I think this is probably his best movie, but he mostly does uh, action movies, believe it or not. But um, also did a Sega CD game called Ground Zero Texas, which I had, which was really good. This was originally when Carpenter was still having his uh, wanting to do the different ones. Wasn't this going to be like a ghost story? Yeah, it was going to be about more the legend of Michael Myers, and uh, it was he, he. I think Myers was going to be a ghost element, and basically what I read was Mustafa said no, he has to be a, a real guy because we know that's what makes money. They said again. Look at this guy. They want to turn him into a ghost. Shoot him. Run him over. He make me money. <laughs> You think about it, though, he was kind of dumb there. He could have sold sheets cheaper than it would be to manufacture the dolls. <laughs> that, that, that is true. I mean, this guy's office was, like, adorned in Michael Myers' memorabilia. Oh, yeah. He was literally the only movie he produced after a certain point in his career, you know? He died in a, it was like a hotel explosion, wasn't it? Yeah, he was um, over and uh, I want to say it was Iran. Let me, let me look real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Jordan. Jordan. And, uh, yeah, he was he was literally just in, like, the hotel of a lobby having uh, a, a coffee or something with somebody. And, uh, th- like, literally a terrorist bomb went off in the in the hotel and killed him. A man was 75 years old, and it took a bomb to kill him. That's pretty crazy. Now, his son owns the rights now, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Malik, I believe, is his son. Malik, Malik needs to get on the fucking ball and put another one of these out. Yeah, Malik, I, I mean, it's great that the family business is continuing, but Malik really doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the work ethic that Mustafa had. Mm-mm. Yeah, we had the whole opening thing there. I guess maybe Silence of the Lambs before Silence of the Lambs, kind of you saw the the nutty guys and the, uh, you know, the sane asylum, and they were taking, these doctors were taking Michael Myers 
who has been burned up since Halloween 2 and in a coma, transfer him to a new facility to peep for, you know, the people that specialize in comas, because I guess they thought he was never going to wake up, right? Yeah, that really backfired on their ass. Yeah, because he, he literally woke up the second they got him into the ambulance. Well, because they mentioned that he has a niece. Yeah. And that there kind of... she is. She grows up to be one of the most annoying horror actresses in the world, the young Danielle Harris. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I, I'm actually oh. quite a fan. Uh, I, take, I take it you don't enjoy the Hatchet series, then. This bitch is death on screen. Oh, come on, come on. But also, kind of a pseudo short-lived horror screen queen was the girl playing her, uh, you know, adopted sister here or whatever, uh, uh, Ellie Cornell. She was in horror movies. Seen her from? I know she she became a producer later and was in House of the Dead. But she, you know, she had a brief run with Halloween four or five at the time. She looks like Diana Plato on heroin. Essentially, she looks like Diana Plato. She also looks like Dana Plato, I would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. looks like it's made of Play-Doh. Yeah, so th- this is kind of weird to try to continue the family storyline here. They introduced that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had a daughter that she abandoned. And uh, they, they, they say that, uh, or maybe she didn't abandon but they say that her mom, Jamie Lee Curtis, died in a car wreck. Which, which what obviously makes it bad is then when they bring Curtis back in part seven, you're supposed to forget all about four, five, and six. Well, like I heard the writer of H two O say that, like, oh, that was just the cover up that she died in a car accident. Then why would she leave her daughter behind to be adopted by strangers? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, H two O, I didn't hate like everybody else, but it's not. Right. It's probably the worst of the bunch. It, uh, to me, it doesn't really feel like a Halloween film, and that's you, like again, like you say, when you only really kill three people in a Halloween movie, it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. See, these one the reason I like these is is because it kind of started with this. They were, I don't want to, I hate to say the thinking man's horror movie because you don't have to fucking think, but they're starting to develop continuity and a backstory. You know, they're right. they're telling you who he is. They're introducing these mysterious characters. They're doing straight continuations, and then. You know, when Donald Pleasance died, they were too lazy to just kind of write a way around it. So it's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just throw it away and make this movie. And then that didn't work. So then this one, now let's revamp it with Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie should have just made the next part of, of the series. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I mean, I think Rob Zombie did a good job. Re- well, actually, I don't think they would have let Rob Zombie do a remake. I mean, do a sequel, right? Because at the time, it was the because of Michael Bay with Platinum Dooms. It's like they only wanted remakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, uh, and my wife and I had actually said she likes the Rob Zombie one better than the uh, John Carpenter one. Interesting. Obviously, my dog is scared of uh, Halloween because I can see her. She has already gone to bed. Uh-oh. She won't be making an appearance. So, yeah, here here we're really getting introduced to this young character, uh, Jamie <clears throat> Lloyd, played by Danielle Harris. Um it's obvious that, you know, she misses her mom or whatever, uh, live, living with her foster family, her adoptive family, whatever they are. And uh, I thought part five kind of made a mistake in killing off Ellie Cornell, like, right away in the beginning of part five. Because like you said, you know, with having, even though she's a completely brand new made up character, just the fact that this little girl is connected to, you know, the original series, like you said, like, that's what makes these movies stand apart. And like, even when they bought 
brought uh, Paul Rudd in part six to play the little boy all grown up. Like that connection to the original movie and the original story, I think, is what made the better sequels better, or at least aspects of them. Like one, one... Yeah, it was like they were trying to tell you, they were trying to actually give you an explanation as to who he was, not just like, hey, some guy to, we just can't kill. Exactly. And here was, was I think the other thing that hurt part five was the fact that she had a psychic link to him. Yeah. I thought that was kind of really dumb. Now you're kind of getting into multiple aspects of films, so. That's a horrible mask, too, he's wearing in this one, by the way. I gotta say that here in this scene. Yeah, I was gonna ask you what you thought about this. Is, is, okay, they obviously went with a new, because they didn't want to get sued, because the original one, as we all know, was a Bill Shatner mask. So, Michael Myers just has, like, a white face, whatever mask, which kind of sucks in this one. But what's weird was Jamie, who obviously, she wasn't even born when Michael Myers went on his last rampage. She had a, a dream sequence, a nightmare, I guess you could say, where he was stalking her. And yet somehow he looked exactly like, like his mask was the exact mask that he'll end up stealing later. <laughs> My favorite mask, well, this is the first one I thought was the, the coolest because it was the most practical. But I, I got to say it again, I'm heaping praise on this guy. I like the way zombies, I like zombies mask. I thought that was yeah. pretty good. It was pretty good. I think Rob Zombie, I'm going to say this, I think his movies fall apart and they have their issues. I think Lords of Salem was just a bad movie, but he knows how to make a movie. He's got a visual style about him. I think he makes better looking horror movies than anybody else out there does. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, Rob Zombie, obviously, uh, when White Zombie was around, was directing all the music videos. The guy has practice at making shit look good, you know what I mean? Like, whether you like the stories and characters, that's a whole different thing, you know what I mean? I really want to see someone else write a movie and then he make that. Yeah, that could, that could be. <coughs> Plus, somewhere in the contract, written cannot have Ken Foray, Bill Mosley. Oh, come um, on now. Come on, it's the same. I think Ken Foray would have been a great choice to play Michael Myers, actually. Well, well technically, he, he helped Michael Myers get his clothes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, getting back to this movie, you know, that earlier scene of Myers escaping from the, not really the mental hospital, but I guess the ambulance that took him away from the mental hospital, that scene uh, has been recreated, not recreated, but uh, has been lifted in every single piece of Halloween fan films or fan fictions. Like, they they always, like, fantasize about Michael Myers escaping like that and busting out of the ambulance and stuff. Like, do they not realize it's already been done in this film, you know, these amateur filmmakers who want to pay tribute to the series or whatnot like we've already seen that come up with something new myers can do now is it me because i've watched maybe five or six and there's a lot of them of these michael myers fan movies do they have higher budgets than these real movies <laughs> i've seen a couple that had like vhs quality cameras but there are some that look kind of slick there's a ton of them too oh a lot i think actually now that i think about it wouldn't you say that Halloween has more fan films than either Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street probably combined. Oh, easy. Plus, Halloween had that run up with the Chaos Comics. Mm-hmm. They had yeah, other had novellas and everything. They they had more merchandise, no, but yeah, as far as fan films and like extra like stories and stuff, they were the kings of it. So many variations of the Myers mask sold over the years, too. Uh, Trev had made last, last year, I believe, yeah. the yeah that was really good i like that yeah where he photoshopped in the shitty cheap mask you can buy into the actual scenes from the movie that was great trigger Trigger treat studios makes a real nice one they do and i think 
I can't remember, but I think theirs are the, actually the officially licensed ones, and that's why they can make them so yeah. good. Because I remember for... Do you remember for years and years, like in the early 90s, you would see in the back of Fangoria, like all these studios that would sell like knockoff ones? Yeah. Like like even in the Halloween stores, you would see ones that were obviously not the real ones. My son's terrified of the mask. Really? Yeah. Nothing else, like werewolf masks, demon masks, and that. No, he thinks they're cool. That Michael Myers mask scares the fuck out of him. I think just because it's such a, like, you know, like it's supposed to be, it's such a... A blank human emotion, you know, no expression type thing. thing when I was a little, out. little kid, and I had seen these on cable, the movies never freaked me out. That fucking music used to scare me when I was a kid. Yeah. I, like, uh, it's it's a famous story that, you know, Carpenter screened the movie before he had made the music and all the executives or whatever said it sucked. And then, like, he just added in the music and then everybody thought it was great. Now there's that old fat bag of shit that ain't fit to carry Malcolm McDowell's bags. Come on now, if we're going if we're going to go back to the 1980s, let's at least pay respect to the man who came back all these years later to fight Michael Myers again. I give him credit. He went above and beyond in part two. He shot him seven times. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna tell you that Halloween one on the Blu-ray. I'm not saying you need to watch the low-quality shit, but you find a lot of fucking errors when you watch that Blu-ray. You catch him, like, driving by the place in a mask before he steals it. You catch him stopping and looking which way to go out in traffic. There's a whole bunch of catch on that Blu-ray. If you just pulled out into traffic and got in an accident, the killing spree would be over. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. I always thought this was interesting how uh, Pleasance just wades into this, like, this looks like some toxic waste pond. <laughs> just to I go into this bloody explosion. Yeah. Yeah, like he, the other guy's in a coma. He's just got a burn on his face. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty burn, too. I, Halloween 2, I don't know. I don't know how much of a direct sequel they really needed to make to Halloween 2 at this point, because it had been, like, what, six or seven years when this came out? How long was it between Part 1 and Part 2? Was it that long? Well, between Part 1 and Part 2, I believe, was four years, and but between these was, like, eight years. It's not really like Season of the Witch, but no one, you know, that's actually gaining momentum now, whereas when it came out, I remember everybody yeah. shit on it. That's one of the best horror movies made, in my opinion. Oh, I believe so, too. Okay, yeah, part three was 82, so... Part two was 81, the original was 78, so three years between one and two. Then, of course, just a year between two and three, but three doesn't have the Myers continuity. So, yeah, it was technically seven years in between Myers stories here. And, that, and I remember that was the big deal about this was, oh, all right, Michael Myers is back. Yeah. Which, you know, in, especially in the movie world we live in now, Corey, where, like, you need some big hook to, uh, you know, get people back into theaters. And by the way, the poster for this has the Shatner mask, but in the, in the movie, you know, like, he has the shitty mask. But yeah, you have, you have to give Mustafa some credit there. He got people to come back to the theater, a character back, all oh, this character. It's like it's not the same actor in the you know in the mask anymore. It's not even the same damn mask. But he got people to come back. Was it ever the same actor, with the exception of zombies too? 
Mm, no, I don't believe so. I so here's a Michael so. Myers gonna steal. He has a he has a fetish, obviously, for uh, jumpsuits. Yeah, mechanic jumpsuits. Yeah, you got Loomis stopping at the gas station here, and this I'll give him credit. This is a scariest gas. You can kind of tell it's in this shot. I will say they they keep the facade up of it being Illinois pretty good, except for this shot. You can see across the street is just like a desert road. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he comes to the garage here. You know, there's nobody to pay for the gas. And, I mean, the writing's on the wall. He's going to find a body in here, don't you think? Yeah, he's... The only thing I give this fucking guy who I don't like credit for is he and I have very similar hairdos. Okay. (laughs) I always wanted a car where I could fill up the tank like that. Yeah. That would be cool. I like how it's all generic where you can tell it's just clearly like a sticker they put on that car. So, Haddonfield Sanitarium for office use only. Yeah. There is the body, almost like a bondage kill. There, I would say the guy had the the chain in his mouth and everything. And I, I thought it, I thought it was interesting that there was actually a, a old timey restaurant in this gas station, considering yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, no, it's in Illinois. <laughs> it's in the middle of the desert in Illinois. <laughs> I'm glad Michael Myers has remembered how to drive after being in that coma all those years. Yeah, he killed the waitress. She's dead too. So I guess if you think about it, you know, because we had had the argument that, you know, Seagal got out of the coma real good and hard to kill. Mm -hmm. But Uma Thurman got out of the coma awesome and kill Bill. Mm -hmm. Michael Myers is probably the best. He just gets out of the coma. He ain't got to do nothing. He's ready to go. And, you know, I I was going to give him credit that they were pretty much that. That's a great shot there with the zoom in. I was going to give him credit that they really were patient in their time of building up this movie before the killing start. But it's actually exactly the 20-minute mark of the movie right here. And, um, and and the killing has started. But they but they, they eased into it enough with the characters, with the little girl and stuff, that you felt like you got a good setup here. Mm-hmm. But they didn't make you wait forever like H2O did. What I don't get, though, is, is why doesn't Michael just go stab this old bastard in the back? Yeah, because in this version of well, I get I guess I guess um, Loomis did talk to him a lot. They never really showed it like the zombie version, but I guess he did talk to him a lot in the sanitarium. So it's kind of like why kill this guy? Because he because he does. I don't think My, Michael Myers really believes that this old man could kill him, right? I mean, you know what I mean, like stop him or whatever. Uh, it's almost like he's friends with him. Yeah, a father figure, so to speak. It's almost like watch me kill these people, and yeah, you can't do anything. This is a, I thought so this this is a good big little action right here with the gas pumps blowing up and all this. They spent some good money here. I still got to be the only person that liked Rob Zombie's backstory. I liked it. I mean, you know, it's it's a different version. I like Carpenter's version too. You know, it's just a different take on it. And just once Rob Zombie hit into the remake part, that's where it kind of went down the toilet there. I think it was too generic, I think. Yeah, too generic. Here we're getting back to really the Halloween feel and spirit with all the kids at the school, all in their costumes, except for, of course, the young girl here. She's getting teased because she don't have a costume and because her scary uncle and all this bullshit. But the fuck th- are you taught watching? I think you skipped a scene. <laughs> I didn't skip nothing. He's still at the fucking, what do you call it? still at the gas station. He's still at the gas station. Michael's just busting out of the thing now. I think you're behind the scene. How can I be behind the scene? Hit the, um, 
what do you call it? The counter? Everything just blew up. Are you watching the extended cut? <laughs> I think I'm watching the shorter cut if I'm ahead. Yeah, you're like ahead by a while. The thing's just blowing up now. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at 22 minutes. Maybe it's because I'm watching the English version and they speed that shit up with the frame rate conversion. That's probably I'm just watching the North. Okay, now they're at the school. Yeah. She got teased, and the funny thing was, you know, kids had them shitty little plastic costumes. And one of one of the kids who was teasing her had a mask outfit. Do you remember the toy mask? Like the little cars? Which... I'm watching that scene right now. You might want to push pause until I catch up. <laughs> but I think it will just speed back up past you, though. But How yeah. do you figure? How can we... You got the Anchor Bay, right? Yeah, but it's the PAL version. It's got oh. less frames in it. That's right. I'll pause it for a second. Yeah, they're all they're all running from me. Yeah, the fake Frankenstein in the mask. Yeah, but the the kid girl, and he like pulls the mask down. The 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 literally the mask kid with the mask outfit. He pulls the mask down like it's scary. That's mask. That's based on an action figure. It's not scary. You know, now that come to think of it, I have the Day Live Pal version, mm-hmm. and I do remember that if I listen to the audio commentary of that hour and forty minute movie, it's actually only like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, there's something weird with the frame rate. You know, with Blu-ray, Blu-rays play the same speed worldwide, but DVD is different. Are you watching the girls driving the car now, cousin? She's just going into the car now. Did they and a Plato just pulled up? She's getting in the car. All right, let me let me know. This is great. This is great uh, show material for the fans listening right now. Probably you're getting a commentary on a PAL version and an English version. <laughs> exactly. It's the two sluts and the little girl in the car. Yeah. My version is a close-up of the little girl in the middle seat. Let me know when you hit that. Yeah, they're already in the middle seat talking. Okay. I'll hit play again. you got to be pretty close. Yeah. And, um... What do you... What, okay, what, let, let's break it down. Let, let's let's go ahead, be crass. What do you think of the friend here? She's ass ugly. Really? Fuck yeah. That, like, how would you describe that hairdo she has? Like a sideways waterfall of... Sp- Spray hair sprayed up hair. She looks like John Bon Jovi. See, I think she's kind of hot. No way. The other girl's prettier. Diana Plato there, she's prettier. Yeah, but she's more like plain Jane. But she does have pretty eyes, I'll give you that. You know you know you know what? Based on the thinner pictures I've seen of her, I think that I think in the face at least, that other girl uh looks kinda like a, a young thin Melissa McCarthy. There's your girl right there. Oh, yeah, Kathleen Kenmont. Who's got a butter face, but she's got a hell of a body. See, I would I would disagree with you. I think by this time, I think her face got better somehow. See, I think I, she's, she's got a butter face. I, I, I never thought she was pretty. I think she has a perfect tan body. I just don't think she's pretty at all. This this uh, this blonde-haired guy trying on the sunglasses, he has the perfect 80s mullet, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. He should be on that Terminator-like cover of Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, he should. And the other kind of weird-looking guy, I think his name is Sasha Jensen, he was also, his other claim to fame was he was in Dazed and Confused. I'm surprised he didn't have a bigger career. You know, I don't like that movie. Oh, really? Dazed and Confused? I like it. Well, everybody likes it but me. Old uh, Ken Mott's got some great 80s hair, too, in this. Oh, yeah. Now they're out of the place. They're just in the wet streets. 
Yeah, see, th- this shot, it's a little cold and deserty, but uh, this shot kind of sells dumpy Illinois pretty well, I think. Small town, yeah, you know? Small town, hillbilly town, Vincent Drugs. Yeah. Ain't shitty antique shop. I'm from the Midwest. That's pretty accurate portrayal. Yeah. And the drugstore looks pretty, you know, aside from the shelf where Kenmont had the backlit fashion model shampoo selection. Other than that, the rest of the, dr- the, rest of the drugstore looks pretty authentic. Nice and wooden paneling. Yeah, shitty. I was going to say shitty wooden paneling. Staple uh, of George Romero's hack movies, wooden paneling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to say, um, oh, you see the shitty Myers mask in the background. Do you see it there? Yep. She's, that's a pretty cool mask right there. The thing with the, the Jar Jar Binks looking thing. Yeah. There's there's like some good $80 mask in this shop being sold for $5. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Yeah. Then she goes to the rack with all the plastic costumes. What is it with kids in pla- garbage pail kid costume? I know. I think that Frankenstein one right there was the one the kid was wearing at the school. Like the exact same one. And that's the... Uh, clown costume that Michael wore in the original movie when he was a little boy. Yep. Well, probably not the same costume. That's probably part of evidence now somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> the Rob Zombie version put him in a plastic clown costume. You remember that? I just remember I was always wondering how drunk Bill Mosley was that he didn't know a kid duct taped him to a chair before he killed him. <laughs> you mean uh, William Forsythe? William Forsythe. They're interchanged. They're all the same. Now, now here we get a little, um, I guess, high school romance uh, triangle thing here. Is he's going out with the with the the good girl, the girl you want to date, but he's got to work at the drugstore with his striped coat all day long with the the large chest at Kathleen Kenmont. What, what do you think you would do? And clearly, he's making excuses why he don't want to see his girlfriend that night, so he can hang out with the large chest at Kathleen Kenmont. What would you do in his situation? Where would I'd you be go? fucking Kathleen Kenmont in the alley. Yeah, I think I would too. I hate to say. Is that it. the guy from Nightbreed? No, that's Craig Sheffer. Okay, looks just like him. Yeah, flashback to young uh, Michael there, and then she sees real Michael put on. Man, that. I mean, I don't want to harp on it just because I really enjoy this movie. That mask is bad. It is. It's horrible looking. And like when he's pulling it over his face there a second ago, oh my god, it looks so cheap. Now, you know, that girl smashes the mirror. That one knocks down all the cards. I'd be banning that family from my drugstore. Yeah. They're probably not going to sell, you know, it, this is Halloween night right here. Or, I guess, Halloween afternoon. Right before nighttime, right before trick-or-treating time. They're going to have a whole rack of costumes there. They ain't going to sell those last minute if people can't look at themselves in the mirror. No. What if they need to buy Halloween cards? Yeah. Kathleen Kimmon better get Lorenzo Lamas on the phone, come down here and kick some ass. Yeah. Now, did, did you ever think, you know, where the gas station was and now Loomis on the side of the road, do you think it was weird that there was, like, such a, a long strip of highway going into this small town? <laughs> Unless he's on the outskirts. Yeah. I wouldn't stop for this dude. It looks like an old pedophile that's burned. Well, they don't really... What do you think about this, about the cheerleaders coming from... Because if you look at the miles there, you know, the, the towns are spread out, it seems like. Where did these kids come from with the cheerleading and all this shit? Yeah, well, they came from Chicago. I was I almost feel like they're they're in the Red Dawn neighborhood here. <laughs> like, yeah, Colorado. that's a fine, fine 80s movie right there, sir. Yeah, we need... <clears throat> Although, in all honesty, if you go back and watch Red Dawn... Not only is it a little dull, 
but it's still a thousand times better and more action-packed than the remake that has ten times the amount of action. Exactly. Because, you know, there's there's a big difference between 1984 PG and whatever, 2010 PG-13. Yeah, that that remake was awful. It had, like, more action, yet it was more boring. I have to say, I thought it was okay in terms of I'm such a big Red Dawn fan, I was able to watch it. But some of the casting was bad. Like, Tom Cruise's son was terrible in it. I just thought the whole premise of it was stupid. What did you think of uh, Chris Hemsworth as a Swayze replacement? You know, Chris, I don't really think Chris Hemsworth is a good actor. It's weird how... Swayze, I actually thought Swayze was. Yeah, it's weird how Hemsworth is trying to be in all these comedies now, like Ghostbusters and Vacation and all this. But he knows Thor ain't going to carry him forever. Yeah. What do you think of this drinking preacher man who drives around, the only one that would pick up Donald Pleasance on the side of the road? I think he looks like the preacher that lost a lot of weight and escaped from the blob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic 80s horror movie. It is. Do you have the DVD of it? Was the, the, I do. 80s was the golden age of horror movies, in my opinion. I agree with it because they made the movie serious enough that they would be scary, but they made them kind of goofy and loose enough that you could have fun with it, I felt like. And they hold up. <clears throat> they That's do. really weird. They, they hold up pretty well. This holds up, I think, better than... I bet you if you showed the ho- this Halloween and the Carpenter Halloween to someone today, a teenager who's never seen either one, I bet they like this one better. No, I could see it. First of all, this is a really short, quickly paced movie. But Actually, to, to test our, uh, our theory here about running times, yeah. The running time of this movie is 88 minutes. <laughs> the running time of my PAL DVD, 82 minutes, 46 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Now that... All those vandals with TP and stuff. Yep. Putting that bitch to work cleaning after she done vandalized the drugstore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, cousin. And uh, I will say this is like a little weird, but I can't nitpick it because it kind of follows in the tradition of the Carpenter film. But... um. They really, like, celebrate Halloween in a weird way in all these movies. Like, the babysitters, like, they wait till Halloween night is done until they go trick-or-treating or carve a jack-o'-lantern or do it. You know what I mean? You ever notice that? Yeah, like, we have our shit out a week before. Yeah. Like, usually trick-or-treating is, like, a two-hour event, maybe two and a half to three hours. But in these movies, like, if you watch Halloween 1 and 2... Like, they're done trick-or-treating. It's like 11 o'clock at night when they kill the shape in the first one. The second one, when she's in the hospital, there's still people walking the streets in costumes. At like 2 in the morning. Well, you know, they're in Illinois. They know how to party in them big towns. Yeah. Cousin, I'm going to ask my wife something. Hang on. All right, go ahead. So, uh, yeah. Just rolling on here. Some cough my, wife, drop. my wife caught a cold. She needs her uh, cough drops. She's trying to say she caught it for me, but I think that's just rumor and innuendo. <laughs> you, you won't take responsibility for being patient zero in your house? No, I, I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> Even though you're coughing all over the spike, yes. She, she might have caught it from the dog. That could be. Dogs carry a lot of things. Or the fish. Yeah. Now, what do you think with, uh, do you think this was a good move? You know, in Talon Giallos, which I know you're a big fan of, Corey, you always you always have the black uh, uh, glove hands. And this one, uh, we get the top of his hands, which are burned up, 
like always grabbing everything. Do you think this was a move to make him more Freddy Krueger like, or do you think they just really cared about that Halloween two continuity that much? Um, boy, that's a good question. I would say they just care about the continuity. To be honest with you, Mustafa Akkad ain't putting out no low rent shit. Because <laughs> because the back of his burned hand in that scene, it really did look like exactly like Freddy's hand that doesn't have the glove on it. That's why I brought that up. You know, out of all of them, Freddy's my least favorite. <laughs> really? He's actually my favorite. Uh, there's nothing about him that's scary to me. Well, no, I mean, if you watch the fir- the like the first movie and stuff, I feel like he's more scary, you know? I put Michael's probably my number two, in all honesty. Yeah, he has some, he has some movies where he kind of sucks, but he has some good scary movies, too. Wrestling Jason is the king of the horror icons. Oh, I don't know about that. He doesn't have much suspense to him, I don't feel like. Yeah, but I think he's got the best set of movies. Yeah. What do you think of Bo Starr, Sheriff Ben Meeker here? Uh, I think I've never seen the guy before, to be honest with you. You know, I really... I'm looking at his credits now. I wasn't really uh, familiar with him, but like he just seems... Maybe it's because he, he seems like a younger version of John Vernon with hair, but like... He seems like the kind of guy, like, when you see him in the movie and hear his voice, you think you've seen him in, like, a hundred movies, even though he really didn't have that, like, you know, big of a career. I'm currently thinking how much better this would be if Malcolm McDowell was playing this part right now. Well, okay, I mean, obviously you're not going to let that thread of, of thought go there. Let's let's explore this for a little bit. How do you think this scene of trying to convince the police and whatnot at Haddonfield Police would go differently if Malcolm McDowell was playing the role right here. Number one, Malcolm McDowell is a distinguished, you know, man with that nice silverish hair. You know, he's not some fat fucking balding ferret with third degree burns all over his body and a limp and a cane raving like some loon. Malcolm McDowell would have got them all to go after the killer, put out an APB, take him to lunch, and switch over to Verizon all in all in one false sentence. But we do have to mention that technically Malcolm McDowell was as a, just as a real life man. He he wasn't old enough to play the Loomis role at this time. I don't think. Oh, he was a classic thespian. He could have pulled it off. You think he could have put the talcum powder in his hair and looked he older? Talcum powder. Say, put in some fake chompers. <laughs> oh, like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill could have played that part good. I I think if they do a remake, it should be James Franco as Michael Myers and Jonah Hill as Loomis. I think that would actually work. Now here, I think that would probably work better than half the movies that have come out lately. Yeah. Now here, here uh, we have Jamie because she has a costume now. Now she's being accepted by the kids, and I'm I'm guessing that one kid in the Frankenstein costume was the same one that was teasing her at school. But now, uh, you know, they they uh, they appreciate her, or whatever. This is where, like, I appreciate this movie. It starts feeling like a true Halloween night movie. They're all trick or treating and stuff. This is a good... You know what movie, though, I think displays the trick-or-treating aspect with the stalking better? Hmm. Is um, Spooky Buddies. Spooky Buddies? What's that? That's the Disney movie where the dogs, they have to team up to stop the Halloween hound and the evil warlock. Okay, how, how like from what time period is this movie from? That's in the two. That's just a couple of years old. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to take Spooky Buddies too seriously then, because this is a 1980s podcast. Now, now here we have she. She came to the front door with her, you know, her foster sister, uh, trick or treat, and she saw that her boyfriend was in the house with literally a half naked Kathleen Kim on. 
Well, that's how dumb her boyfriend is. Number one, if they're fucking, why is she handing out candy? Number two, if you if that's not your main girlfriend, just me fucking around, why would you be in plain view? Yeah, and like I don't really know what's going on because she she was naked. <laughs> oh my goodness, she was naked except for a long T-shirt that said "Cops Do It Better." Um, well, that's really creepy because her dad's a cop, so she yeah. like you know molested. Yeah, but why is he fully clothed? It'd be different if, like, he had his pants around his ankles or something when they opened the door, you know? Yeah, he could have just said, I'm here changing a light bulb or something. Yeah. I like this aspect of the movie, too. Like, I feel like almost this is like, you know, Halloween 2, they try to show a little bit of the town when he was walking around, but they didn't go into it too much. I feel like this movie really shows how redneck of a town Haddonfield really is. Like, out of all the Halloween movies, I think this movie is the one that gives you like, the better idea what the town's really like. You know what I mean? I mean, they have a big Spuds McKenzie at their bar, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, every adult is at the bar. Yeah, and it's, and it's really, like, you know, I like that they put a face on this town as being, like, you know, a blue-collar working town and shit, too. It wasn't just some fancy-schmancy suburb, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a hick town. Yeah. And that makes it believable when they all want to, uh, Jump into their pickup trucks with their shotgun racks. <laughs> yeah, and go lynch his ass. Yeah. Which I, I thought... I thought he was a brother under that mask. Yeah, I thought it was a great, you know... Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, how many black people have you seen so far? Well, okay, how white is Michael Myers' face? Why would they think he's black? Uh, they might have thought he was disrespecting the clan. I mean, seriously, these are all red decks straight up right here. They ain't a black... They ain't a brother in the bunch. Mm. This is not straight out of Compton, fans. All right, let, let's play more fantasy casting. What? How do you think this movie would have gone if they would have had Ice Cube as Dr. Sam Loomis? I think it would have been a funny-ass movie. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if it would have been made in 1988, this would have been... Uh, as much as I like Cube, he's just a fucking caricature of what he was. Yeah, this would have been Jerry Curl Ice Cube. As a doctor in a trench suit, trench coat. You know, should have played Doctor Loomis, hmm. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good too. And then Michael Myers could be the Rock. Mike, that would actually be really good. Mike uh, or Kane would have been a great Michael Myers. Too, yeah. Uh, have to do Slam or something though. Yeah, Michael Myers always kills the family dog in these movies. You ever notice that? It's weird. Yeah, I, makes me sad it makes me sad. the the dead dog too i think he actually ate the dog in the first one too but the the dead dog in this one like it really looked like a i don't know like a stuffed thing yeah it was not very believable Mm-mm. they lingered on it too long see i i like these these parts of the movie here where the people see him like around the corner and then he just like walks up to them and you know i like that but it's it is sometimes a little hard when you know you see him from a distance and that mask is so ridiculous well and it's so damn bright in this film yeah it is he's really wilbur whatever chewing his gum yeah bucky so look at how bright that mask is yeah and that's a bad mask that that i can't get over how horrible that mask looks (laughs) yeah and i don't know i kind of it kind of robs it of its uh, blank uh, expression. Mustafa Akkad couldn't have got him a better mask. Maybe Mustafa. 
<laughs> Maybe Mustafa Khan just thought nobody would notice. Well, I guess in all honesty, he probably wouldn't have. You're just so excited to see this guy again. Yeah, that's true. It, it'd be like if it was like you hadn't been to Disneyland in 10 years and you went and you saw Mickey and the mask was like all dirty and didn't really look like him. It looked more like a rat. But, I mean, you're still going to get your picture taken with him. Oh, yeah. Just think if you were collecting autographs, how many Michael Myers ones you'd need. Yeah. Now, obviously, here Michael Myers throws the guy into the power lines and takes out all the power of the thing. Now, do you think this was an intentional move that he wanted to cut all the power of the town? Well, obviously, you know, he takes the time to stalk people and steal vehicles, so it might have been. Yeah, you never know. He's the thinking man serial killer. It would have been great if there actually wasn't a technician guy working on the power lines and he had to, like, abduct somebody to throw into the power lines. Very Charles Manson-esque in his planning. Yeah. We should do a podcast one day about nothing but Charles Manson. Yeah, that probably won't happen. Yeah. And I actually think... No problem talking about how how Mustafa Akkad is, you know, like the, the foreign version of Kubrick. Yeah. He's also born the more I think about it. Yeah, I think I think Dwight Little. I think if I think if they were if Mustafa Kyle was smarter, besides obviously getting a better script for the next part, he should have brought the same director back because I think this director the shots are good, especially now that the power's out in the whole town. It's getting spookier now. Yeah, I like the way these, yeah, even that first Nightmare on Elm Street, the way they, they, these horror movies back then were lit. There's just mm-hmm. something about it, and I, I can't really explain it. It's like they're bright enough to see, but there is a lot of shadow at the same time. It's, you know. And I think, I think too, I think when we see these movies, Corey, we appreciate how natural and real it looks, and it pulls you into the story a little bit more because you could kind of makes it easier to imagine that this could be going on whereas today's films they recolor completely with the computer afterwards yeah it's like they film it in the day and then try to color it to be night yeah so or, everything looks purple yeah or gray yeah christopher nolan strikes it again <laughs> now could you imagine if christopher nolan would have made a halloween sequel like his first film he would have came in i don't want to imagine that I hate Christopher Nolan. Obviously, there's probably a lot of smoke machines in the background, in these backyards of these houses, what you think. There's a lot of fog rolling in over the fences. Yeah, and as someone who's from the Midwest, fog usually happens in the morning. Yeah. But I, I think they were doing a good job, because obviously it's not, um, it's not fall time here, because if this was Illinois, like, not only would all the leaves be, um, orange and shit and brown they probably mostly be on the, the the ground already you can see like they do have leaves thrown on the ground probably fake ones but uh the trees you can tell are still pretty green the worst ever is the uh, the new silent night deadly night did you see that one the new one with malcolm mcdowell ironically enough <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I did. It, that was clearly filmed in the summers like not only is everything the grass you know perfectly bright right. but as those people are wearing their fucking uh, there's no, you know, no breath. You can't see any of their breath or anything. Mm-hmm. And they're wearing these big, heavy winter coats just pouring out sweat if you look close enough. Yeah, and they obviously uh, filmed it in bright orange daylight and then recolored it to be gray. Yeah. 
This is a great. They just done the Expendables, you know, where they filmed it with an iPhone. <laughs> exactly. Now here we have the cops and Loomis being besieged by literally like ten different uh, Michael Myers. What do you What do you think? It clearly pranks going on here. A lot of pranks, and, and I want to know how Loomis keeps getting to go on these ride-alongs. You would have think the cops and Loomis would have learned after part two where they shot that kid and, like, ran him over. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, different cops. That is true. But same Loomis. <laughs> same Loomis. He don't learn from his mistakes because he's fucking stupid. Malcolm McDowell probably already have it mapped out. That is true. Malcolm McDowell take him, sit him down, clamp his eyes open, and brainwash him into being a good guy again. Well, that's a great shot. The the one Myers left in the street as he pulls away in the fog blowing all around. There, I have to point out, there's the shitty cop car again from the 80s movies. I was just going to prompt you, but I was going to see if you, uh, you would, uh, you know, pick up on it yourself. If I've had to point that out in every film we've done. Yeah. Do you remember a time in real life, though, where, where cop cars really always those same cop cars? I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, I remember there was a lot of cars just in general shaped like that, but they're, <laughs> they're all exactly the same in these movies. Yeah, I think Smokey and the Bandit started that. Could you imagine if Luke Hobbs hired Dominic Toretto to go after Michael Myers? He would need a better cop car than that. Well, he could have a better cop car than that. And then he could mutter things like, I brought my family. Now, obviously, I mean, we do see a lot of action going on in this movie, but there's a lot of stuff also going off screen. What What do you think about the believability that Myers could roll into the police station and kill everybody? I think that's highly believable. It's a hick station. Was there a couple people there? Yeah, when they went during the day, like, there was, like, that one other deputy guy and, like, I don't know, a couple people in the background. It didn't seem like there was, like, a lot of people there. I mean, yeah, I said there can't be but a few people. I mean, he's obviously an unstoppable killer at this point. Maybe, maybe like, probably how he did at the diner earlier, if he snuck in through the back and worked his way up. Or he could just drive the car through it like the Terminator. Yeah, but clearly he didn't because everything... Just a lot of blood everywhere. Do you, he just walked in and stabbed everybody. Yeah, now, now answer this for me. You, Michael Myers, he comes in, obviously he wants to kill the cops because they would be the ones that could stop him on his crime spree. Do you think he would take the time to find the keys and open up the drunk tank and kill all the, the DUI people in there? No, that I don't think he would do. No. I think if he could get them through the bars, he would. <laughs> yeah. Like how how he did in some of the later ones where he just reaches through the bars and like swipes the knife at him. Yeah, I don't think he would definitely be, you know, I don't think he, I don't know how, he must, well, he obviously thinks things out. He knows to take out the power to get rid of the cops. He's actually very intelligent for a guy who grew up in a loony bin. Here he's reprising his, his trick from part one where he hides in the back of cars in clear view. Like how... I mean, I could see maybe now with a big SUV with big seats, you could get in and not see somebody in the back seat. But I mean, I don't know. Like, how could he? How could that cop not see him in the back seat right there? It's dark. Okay. I don't know because <laughs> he's a hillbilly cop from dumbass hick town of Illinois. <laughs> you know, Michael Myers. If it works for you, keep doing it. Yeah. 
But as you know, though, you can open the doors of cop cars, right? But I don't think you can just open the door because then all the prisoners would escape. So what was his plan to get out of the car? Hmm. He'd probably just smash through the front. Yeah. Obviously, that part he didn't think through. I have to say Ford, that... Ford brought, like, some gimmick that he could put to the door and jimmy it open. Yeah. But I think that cop car was so cheap, I don't even think there was, like, the little barrier in between. Mm-mm, no, there was no, like, Kate. It was just the backseat of an Oldsmobile. Yeah. Now, the hillbillies are patrolling all around, and, like, they they really go overboard with their vigilantism, wouldn't you say? Well, they're just protecting their town. Yeah. But, I mean, they literally see a bush move, and they shoot everything. <laughs> no, they're not fucking... You don't fuck with those drunk hillbillies. Yeah. I don't like drunk hill... I don't like hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I've been they're living with least, them almost my whole life. I'm sick of them. They're my least favorite breed of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I'm, why I like on the Howard Stern when Richard and Sal call them tradio shows. <laughs> Would you say this scene was an homage to the year before when Jesse the Body... Uh, uh, you know, cut down the entire uh, forest trying to shoot the predator. <laughs> he cuts down the whole forest with a chain gun, yet manages to kill nothing but some shrubs. Yeah. I ain't got time to bleed. I remember everybody thought he was going to be going to be a big actor after that movie. Yeah, he was a one note, you know. I like just the though. Instead, he fooled everybody. He went on to be a governor. That is true. He went on. <laughs> Are you at, is your DVD caught up to Kenmont by the fireplace yet? Yes, it is. All right. Yeah, because she's got a nice body. She's seen Great this. Great ass shot. I don't, don't got to look at her face. Well, she's in the dark. I think her face is good, especially in this one. Her, her face filled out. Yes. Yeah. Now, it would, it would be pretty ballsy to be fooling around with Kenmont, like, just in the living room when you know her dad is the, uh, the sheriff, you know, he could he could literally walk in the door and shoot you. Yeah, or just plant some evidence on you at a later date. <laughs> yeah, some fake weed or something. I'll be honest with you, I, I'm kind of surprised Kenmont wasn't a bigger star than she was. She's not a good actress. You don't think so? No, I mean, like I'm not knocking her, but well, I guess though, you know, she found her niche there. She 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 got on Renegade with Lamas when they were married and she just rode that thing for four years their whole marriage so yeah I, I'm I mean, that, was, that was steady work from like 90 all the way up to like 94 so that's true she does really weird stuff now I checked out some YouTube channel she's she's very thin now which is unfortunate because obviously she's not as large chested as she once was losing all that weight but um she does a lot of weird like uh I don't know what you call like green screen comedy videos that aren't really funny and you kind of just feel bad for her like can't you just be in a movie or something you know what I mean she's kind of kid doesn't she I would imagine I'm pretty sure she's been uh, I I think she's been remarried and divorced after Lamas believe it or not I know he has been like three times so (laughs) you know I wish we'd do movies Kimberly Page oh I agree it sucks that she totally got out of the entertainment industry She's a real estate girl now, I think, isn't she? Yes, she is. Ironic- she hot. Ironically enough, I'm pretty sure she's uh, she's in Salt Lake City now where they filmed this movie. Hey. Yep. I should go buy a house there. I should. 
Unfo- Ask her if she comes with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, she gonna feel the bang. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, she said goodbye to the uh, WCW era chest and had them removed. So, oh, by the way, did you see our favorite girl on the internet today? Who? Sunny. No, what's she, she up got, to? She's got a DUI case coming up, so oh. she's doing her Skype whoring uh, again. She was showing pictures of the outfit she was wearing. I'm sure sales had plummeted when they saw her. You know, fans, I'm just going to lay it out here. Um, you know, the, the, the first two months here, uh, 1980s Movie Graveyard podcast, we're hitting you hot and heavy with, if not every week, almost every week episodes. But eventually we may slow down to only two, three episodes a month. We're actually going to let the fans decide, Corey, how often we do this podcast. If you guys can spread the word on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and if we can have, let's say by the end of October, if we can have a thousand downloads a week on the show, we'll do, we'll do an episode every single week, won't we, Corey? Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe on holidays, too. And I'm going to go as far as to say, if we could get 2,000 downloads a week, I, 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 I can't promise it because I don't know if she'll agree to it, and I'm willing to pay the money, but we can't have Sonny on this show because of the wonders of Skype. And, and I'm going this far. If we can get 2,000 a week, and we can get 2,000 an episode, mm-hmm. and we get the Dollar Shave contract... Mm-hmm. We'll put out an episode every goddamn day because I won't need to work then. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I just watch my movies every day. That's true. With Sonny. <laughs> With Sonny? That'd be great if we, if we... You know, if we did have the Dollar Shave money coming, we could probably afford to get her to co-host the show, don't you think? It's only 10 bucks to Skype with her for four minutes. Yeah, so let's do the math. Usually we do... Well, we're going to need a lot of Dollar Shave Club money if we want Sonny to permanently Skype with us. We could get Dollar Shave, and then maybe we could be like Chris Jericho, branch out, and also get like some foot odor vitamins or something too. Mm-hmm. Now I found this interesting when the cop came home. Instead of being mad that this guy was about to bang his daughter, he gave he gave the kid actually a shotgun and told him to go patrol the attic. Well, you probably setting the kid up to get murdered. Yeah, I would have been like, I hand him the gun and went, drop it, and then shot him. Yeah. Kathleen Kimmott will not put any clothes on. I'm going to go on record and say our shows are far superior to Chris Jericho's. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. You know, I think I'll one-up you one. And I know this is going to be controversial out there, but I think our show is better than Stone Cold Steve Austin's. Well, I can't even watch or listen to that. it take 25 minutes before he's done plugging stuff. Oh, See, look at that, fans. You don't get plugs for nothing on ours. We don't ask you for anything. We don't plug nothing. We just ask you to uh, download the show 2,000 times a week. <laughs> Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. Tell your friends about me. I'll tell you what, though. When it comes to old Kathleen Kim, I, I sure wouldn't mind partnering up with her in the weekend. <laughs> Is he a fan of the Facebook page? I don't believe he is. Uh, you better put some pictures of Marissa Tomei as Aunt May on there. Mm-hmm. That would get him going. 
I found it interesting that the cops were trying to reach outside help by CB in the basement of this house. Yeah, not a lot of ham radios and CBs. I don't think we're in the 80s still. I think we're kind of uh, moving out of that phase. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, when you see this ugly deputy guy, you think, why would this ugly deputy guy have a career as an actor? But, like, he barely has two lines in the in the movie, but he seems authentic. I liked it back in the day when not everybody had to be pretty in movies, and they would just put a guy like that, and instantly you feel like he's the character, even though he really has no backstory or nothing. You know what I mean? Hey, I kept saying for Fifty Shades of Grey to make it interesting, they should have had the great Kali play department. Nobody listened to me. Mm-hmm. They could have done uh, four billion with him in the role. Well, yeah, I actually was rooting for Nicolas Cage and Miranda Cosgrove, but you know that fell through too. That would have been great. A bondage movie with no sex. <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah, here we have, uh, you know, back at the back at I want to call it the Strode House, but it's not. But back at the house with little girl and Ellie Cornell. They don't even know Michael Myers is really on the rampage. I mean, they were with the, the cops and whatever, but I don't know. Like, do you do you think they get the connection that Michael Myers is coming for the little girl at this point in the movie? I think Loomis might. Yeah. I don't think anybody else does. Yeah. Now, they didn't. Now, where is the Myers house in this one? I don't think they ever. I don't they think it like showed it. They never showed it. They never talked about it either. But in part six, he goes back there if you remember it's like all dilapidated run down right I'm trying to think or did he go there in part five too? i think it's part five because loomis fights him there in part five that's right part six oh yeah they're across the street in paul rudd's house yeah i was confused paul c rudd might i add exactly I, I was confused i thought they were back at cornell's house no there there's all everybody's at the uh the sheriff's house i guess but um yeah Pretty yeah, that's the safe place to be. Yeah, no, there's no Myers house. You get the sheriff's house in this one. I have to say though, instead of like putting my back against to nothing where Michael Myers could creep up to me, if I was the sheriff, I would be like, "All right, we're going to put the distress call out, and then we're all going to get in one big car, and we're going to drive to the next fucking town." Yeah, or I'd be, like, on the roof with, like, a sniper rifle or something. Have a couple guys up there. Yeah. Because they they don't, at this point, they don't know that he can't be stopped. They just think he's some serial killer. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, What do you think? Do you think if they would have caught Myers, like, point blank with a gun, they could have killed him in this one? You know, you know, no, because they got him point blank in the first one. That's true. And he fell out and a window. Blew him up. Yeah. yeah I, uh... Although it did yeah. take him seven years to recover. Oh, Kim has no bra underneath that shirt. No. She had a nice body. I'm not denying that. Was she reanimator one or two? Two. Okay. Crampton was part one. That's Ironically right. enough, there yeah. was. Yeah, fraternity vacation. vacation. I like those reanimator movies. Except part three. That stunk. <laughs> the house reanimator that was made for sci fi channel or the fuck yeah, it was. That, was. that was bad. Yeah. One and two are pretty good, but they're I think it's slightly overrated, but I think they're good. You got the D V D of Reanimator? I have the Blu ray of Reanimator. Same here. We should cover that sometime. It's worth talking about. It's a good movie. I don't have the Blu ray of part two, I just have the D V D. 
Yeah, I don't I don't have any copy of part two. I'll have to rent it now that Kenmont's in it or get a copy. I don't know if it's on blue. I don't know if it has a blue release. It might just have that Anchor Bay. Yeah, I don't think it does because I think I would have probably came across it. Screen Factory, I think, is the one that put out the first one. Oh, no, it was, um... I think it was Image, because Don May was bitching about it on Facebook, actually, yesterday, believe it or not. Why was he bitching about it? Because he tried to get the title, and I guess Image outbid him, and now all the copies are at the $8 bargain bin. He's like, I don't know. He Like, him and, like, his friends were saying that, like, I guess the transfer looks like shit, but it looked okay I when I watched it. That looks okay. Yeah, it looked okay when I watched it. I don't know. He's the blue underground guy, right? No, Synapse. Synapse. They're just as bad with their overpriced shit. Not only that, but for one classic horror movie they put out, they put out 38 Japanese porns from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and their, their Blu-rays don't look that good. Well, I won't say that. The curtains one I had looked awesome, I thought. There, they Did they put out the um, Exterminator? I think they did. I think everybody bitched that it was too cleaned up. No, that just was looked like shit. And I think they also put out that Thou Shall Not Kill with Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. That looked good, but that's just not a good movie. I got their Demons releases, but I haven't watched them yet. They're supposed to look, look awesome. Oh, Kim might finally put on a man's overshirt now. See, as long as it stays dark and I don't got to look at that face, we're good. I think this is the prime of her face. Like, she got... I think she's cute. She's got some meat on her cheeks. She's cute, but she's got a killer body. She know Melissa McCarthy fans. (laughs) I'll let you be the judge, people. But, um... Where's that, where's the, hey, where's that poll? Rebel Wilson versus Kathleen Kinmont. Uh-oh. Old Myers was sitting in the chair holding the shotgun. But he ain't gonna shoot her with it. No, he's gonna try to partner up with her, I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really partnered up. Now, do you do you think the Kinmont death in this one was an homage to the original guy getting stabbed up against the wall? Mm-hmm. No. No? I think it was just unintentional. Because she got pinned up against the wall kind of the way the guy did. And the way Lanina Quigley did on the Antlers Silent Night, Deadly Night. That is true. That's one shitty looking Blu-ray. <laughs> well, the parts of the Blu-ray that are Blu-ray are fine. The parts that are VHS, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's... <coughs> that's actually a really good film. I, I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray if you want to do it for Christmas. I'd like to do that. Then I'd also like to do Die Hard. Oh, we could do that for sure. That's also a good Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And a Christmas story. Yep, I got the voodoo of that, courtesy of Warner Brothers. I have the Blu-ray. It's my favorite Christmas movie. I would have bought the Blu-ray, but it's it's on TV 24 hours a day. <laughs> Ironically, we have it on a lot. I don't think really? I've ever put the Blu-ray in. See, that's what I figured. What did you think of the the the, the rat-faced deputy guy, the way Myers killed him? He kind of, like, folded him up and put him into a corner of the room. Did you see that? He did, but... Now, see, here's where I have my problem. Okay, she freaks out and she runs upstairs. Wouldn't you run out of the house of death? 
Well, I think she was going to get the little girl, but I'm not sure. I think she's just an idiot. And then the door is locked from the inside and outside at the same time. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Where's she going with this nerd? Yeah, supposed to be her boyfriend, but he was banging Kim up. Well, I don't fault him there. No, I don't fault him. But I'm saying, like, when the shit is a fan, he goes back into boyfriend mode, it seems like. And he's wasting valuable bullets. That's... I feel like they should give Myers a dirtier jumpsuit, like, ripped up or something. Because that looks too clean of what that hillbilly guy would have been wearing at the uh, old dusty-ass garage, don't you think? Yeah, he's 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 he must have stopped at the dry cleaners. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a great sequence, though. You got the you got the nerdy boyfriend trying to reload the shotgun while Myers is slowly walking up the stairs. It's got some good tension in this part of thing. So he shouldn't have wasted his bullets. Mm-hmm. What kind of dumbass don't realize he shot two bullets out of a buck shotgun needs to reload beforehand? Mm. You ain't gonna you gonna take Myers out by swinging a shotgun at him either. No, Michael Myers very walking, very Steven Seagal like. Do you think now? This, now this is the if I believe this is like what the same year, maybe a year before Above the Law came out. This could have been Slowhand picking up some cheap stunt work. He could have, but he would have been flailing his arms a little bit more and runs. Well, no, Mike Myers gonna have to run at all. Yeah, he don't run. He could have just see. Yeah, he would just blocked the gun and do like a clothesline or something. If it was Slowhand. Now, that guy getting his head crushed, like, Myers would go on to crush a lot of heads throughout the movie series. Oh, yeah, that was his, one of his go-to moves. <laughs> you know, I just got a good idea there. If you could have somebody, I don't maybe they sell them somewhere. If you could have somebody in a painted white slow-hand mask, that would be a great horror franchise. That would be. The slow-hand killer. <laughs> there you go. I want to see if somebody makes a cheap eerie looking Steven Seagal mask real quick. Paint him white. Yeah. I like to think if there was one I would just buy it just because. Yeah I know. Just it's a shame it. that our favorite action movie star only made one movie in the 80s. Yeah I know. That, that kind of does suck. We are going to cover it above the law fans. We might cover it a couple times. It's I coming. I can't find any slow hand masks. That sucks. Remember back in the 80s when, like, every celebrity had a mask? Like, you could go to the Halloween store and buy, like, a Tammy Faye Baker mask? Oh, yeah, and Hulk Hogan had some. Yeah. Everybody. I like those They Live masks that Trick or Treat Studios makes. I actually haven't looked at them yet. Those are really nice. Okay, I was doing a search for Slowhand, and there's a movie with Lorenzo Lamas. You might even know this movie called Mask of Death. And I Mask swear, of Death with him and Billy D. Williams. I yeah. got it on the DVD. Good movie. He's dressed, his hair, everything, just like Slowhand on the cover of this movie. Yep, he wears the black trench coat. He's got the ponytail. I can't believe That's he... That's 90s, I think, though, isn't it? I think so. I, but I just can't believe he was straight up rip off Slowhand. Mm-hmm. Well, who wouldn't want... Everybody ripped off Slowhand. With the, everybody had a slick... Everybody had a ponytail back then. That's true. Even Van Damme had a jerry curl in a fucking hard target. Mm-hmm. He just needed to tie that shit back. That's a good movie, though, actually. Yeah, it is. The, um... This is kind of what I would think would be the big stunt piece of the film right here, don't you think, when they climb on the roofs? 
Yeah, later ripped off by Death Becomes Her. Yeah, that is true. And it actually is scary, but the way the sky's all black, I wonder if this was just like a roof, oh, actually like on the floor in a studio, you know what I mean? Like the old Adam West Batman where he's climbing up the wall. Yeah, but it's really on the floor. <laughs> That's a very big tiles on that roof, too. Oh, man, I couldn't find a slow hand mask, but I found a slow hand uh, wax mannequin at a wax museum. It's it's horrendous. It, it doesn't do our boy Steven any justice at all. Maybe we get a Van Damme mask and paint it. <laughs> but didn't you have to kill everybody by, like, roundhouse kicking them and shit? Yeah, my roundhouse kicks ain't what they used to be. <laughs> yeah, mine too. We need to make our own horror movie franchise. Yeah. Kickstarter right now to make a movie. I'll be honest, I had a lot of dreams of kickstarting some movie projects, maybe a whole movie studio. Seems like nobody's getting any funding anymore on Kickstarter. Seems like that thing kind of dried up already. Yeah, Kickstarter, then there's, a, there's there's Kickstarter, there's GoFundMe, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I think GoFundMe is more for if you have a disease you can't, you know, can't. No, I think that's Caring Bridge or something. Is it? I've seen people, there's a business here where I live, and they close, so they start, and everybody was like, on their Facebook, thousands of people, oh, I miss you, I, I would hope you'd rebuild and all that, so we've started a GoFundMe for the rebirth. Three days later, the same two people have contributed a total of $20. <laughs> Proving everyone will like you, but they don't want to give you no money. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I would like to think that there'd be people out there that give us money and make a slow hand inspired slasher movie, but I, I don't I don't see it happening when push comes to shove. We could probably get him. He's already fought the vampires. That is true. Whoop their asses, too. Unless we haven't talked too much about young Daniel Harris, which I... Yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah, like, you know, from your um, comments, I, I guess you don't you don't really like her acting work as an adult, but you gotta admit, she's a really good child actor in this. She's not doing too bad, you know, but all she's done is she was better in part five where she didn't talk because she was a fucking mute. Oh, see, I disagree. I felt the part five mute, panicky acting was pretty bad. And, like, really not even her fault, but it's just poor writing to come up with that. I shouldn't say, I just think she's just She's just death on screen, in my opinion, as an adult. I, I don't think she adds anything to movies. Yeah. Look at that pedophile. Look at him. Taking her to the school, Grab, right? Take a little girl right there. It's Jared. To be fair, though, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know my pedophile game that well. But you don't see, I mean, right? Like, you don't see that many, like, pedophiles with little girls. It seems like the pedophiles are always going after little boys. Yeah, that's true. No, Jared, he went after them little girls. Did he? Hopefully by now he's rotting away in prison. I'm sure people don't want to hear us talk about this, but I, I really don't know any details of the Jared case. I just know he kept emailing a woman, trying to get the woman to have sex with a young guy, which I don't I don't really understand no, why apparently he... he... Apparently he had like 14, 15 different kids that he had sex with. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I thought he it was... be eating fresh where he goes. Yeah, he's going away. If that's true, he's he's. And everybody steps forward and testifies on his court case. He's going away for a long time. Yeah, some lady wore a wire and everything for like four years recording all that shit. Really, it was that in depth? 
Damn. Go to when we get off the phone. Go to CNN.com and read the rise and fall of Jared Fogel. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. Coming soon is a WWE DVD. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Vince McMahon will cash in on that, no problem. I have to say, I'm pretty disappointed that I couldn't find any slow hand master. Yeah, I kind of checked out a Halloween Four for about ten minutes looking for slow hand masks. Well, you checked out a Daniel Harris's scene, so you didn't miss nothing. Yeah, I did. I once did a commentary where twenty minutes was spent looking for a James Woods movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, we found it. The uh, okay. Now, obviously, this isn't the the same shooting <coughs> shooting location, but um, this would be the same school that Myers broke in the, in the part two and scribbled "Sister Sam Hain" on the wall. Remember that? Yeah, I, I think I think that this town should have really beefed up security, seeing as how this loon keeps coming back to it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, because Halloween one and two took place the same night, this really was the night he came home this time. That's true. What was the tagline in part five? I don't remember. That's a good question. It was the revenge up, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the revenge. Because this was return and that was the revenge. I have to say, he didn't revenge shit in that one. Six was curse up, right? Yeah, the curse of Michael Myers. Seven was H2O. And what what was eight? Just just resurrection. It was just called Halloween Resurrection. Trick or treat, motherfucker. I think that's the probably the best part of the series, that that moment. See, if we redid it, I'd get Treach. Oh, I would. He'd be way better. Treach thinks we forgot. We know how to get a hold of Bernard Giacomazzo. Exactly. Treach was actually in the uh, Feast sequels, from what I remember, playing a sergeant. I like. You know, I have all three of those. I've only watched the first one. I liked it a lot. I just, for some reason, never put on the other two. Yeah, they were really low budget. I have the first one on HD DVD, believe it or not, and then the second two on DVD. I think maybe later, just the first one came out on Blu-ray, but I don't think part two and three did. I like the first one a lot, what I remember I about it. I do, too. Did you see Tremors 5 is coming out on Blu-ray here in a few weeks? Yeah, that, I mean, doesn't that have to be cheap, A, cheap, and B, at this point, don't you think it's going to have a lot of bad CGI in it? Michael Gross has got to be, what, 70? Oh, easy. Easy. I, I like Tremors 1. I like Tremors 2. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. Home of the Huskers. That's some bullshit. The Huskers are... Uh, that's Nebraska, not Illinois. Yeah, really? Some bull- I'm calling shenanigans on Mustafa Akkad. His I kid d- owes me reparations. I doubt Mustafa knows the difference between Illinois and uh, Nebraska. He just knows money. Mm-hmm. Why does everybody have a CB? I don't know. I'm actually reading about the injuries that took place on this film. There was a gaffer when that nerd and the shape were fighting on that like uh, stairway. Uh, one of the gaffers dropped a light and accidentally slit his wrists. Ooh. Yeah. And then also on the rooftop scene with Ellie Cornell was crawling around, she cut her stomach open on a large nail while sliding down the roof. Well, stuff I caught needs to get some better safe working conditions. <laughs> it said she continued filming the scene hurriedly while she was losing a sizable amount of blood. So they're just trying to, because they didn't want to stop for the night, because then they'd be screwed for some reason. They just made her keep bleeding until she lost too much blood, and then they took it off. <laughs> 
See, this 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 Mustafa Akkad don't fuck around. He run the sweatshop of movies. Now, now I hate to do it because I'm actually a fan of Thousand Pleasants, but I'm going to give him his due because this did happen. They were filming the night scenes that were so cold, so Donald Pleasance was wearing a hat, like in between takes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, he forgot to take it back off when they filmed, so they filmed a whole six hours of footage and then had to reshoot it later for the continuity because he wasn't supposed to have a hat on. Well, now, see, that's the genius of Mustafa Akkad and the senility of Donald Pleasance. Mm-hmm. Here it goes by to all the hillbillies. Yeah, I have to say, like, this is a... Don't you think this is a great, you know, action beat here? The way this this whole thing um, kind of wraps up here. You know, compared to most slasher movies, which, you know... And by the way, the slasher movie had pretty much died at this point in time. You know, the, the craze yeah, it was, had... It was done. I think this was probably the last... You know, okay, whatever it was, $15 million, $17 million. That, that's not considered a big box office gross. But it really was for slasher movies at this time, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and even nowadays when these horror movies come out, and oh, but but Sinister Two opened at number one with eight million dollars. Next week it was already done playing. Exactly. You know, these, these horror movies they open to big numbers nowadays, but they're gone. You get the one-offs, like maybe if a Scream or something that does some good business, but yeah, for the most part they're one and done. Yeah. And I gotta say, uh, Dwight Little's background is, you know, kind of his basis as an action director. I think paid off because he could build up the suspense, and then instead of just having some, you know, kind of shitty, gory part, he would turn everything into a big action scene, like this part on the pickup truck and all this. Like, this was, you know, this was like way higher budget than most horror movies, slasher movies, where it'd just be a guy in a house stabbing people. You know what I mean? Michael should be like, stop the fucking car. Yeah. That's my slow hand reference there above the law fans. He should be on the hood like slow hand refusing to get off. Yeah, like you said this and that's a good scene there where he just smashes his face against the window. Yeah. Yeah, this like you said, it's a slasher, but it has a lot of action scenes in it. Yeah. And I think that probably helped um you know, make the movie a hit was uh it probably drew in people it wasn't just a you know there really isn't that much gore even the guy that the cop that was like all bent up in the corner he just had little blood streaks on him they don't go too gory in this it's more about the energy of the chase and then the action part and the, you know what i mean mm-hmm. there she just mowed his ass down yeah she hit him with such force she didn't run him over she knocked him like 50 feet in front of her like he literally went flying like a uh, a lucha libre. <laughs> yes, lucha underground. It's just inspired lucha underground. Not like how they just filming the cops. All them dumbasses got to go back on the road. They had all turn around. Yeah. My my one complaint with part five is the first ten minutes, the last ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do that thing that a lot of you know. I guess Friday Thirteenth made that popular, right? You would play the yeah. the end of the last movie. Yeah, they would just play like the last few seconds of how Mustafa Akkad was saving film stock there. He replayed like 10 minutes. Yeah. You want to talk... And again, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is basically half of his part one. You want to talk about the uh, the genius of Mustafa Akkad with this film? After viewing the rough cut, Mustafa Akkad decided that the film's violence was too soft, so he ordered an extra day of blood filming commenced. <laughs> See? 
You know what will make you money. Yeah, they brought in uh, uh, makeup artist John Carr Buchler to uh, who uh, created the thumb and the forehead kill and the neck twisting of the redneck scene in the film's final cut. So that's pretty good. And of course, I don't know it, how that white mask didn't get dirty. <laughs> it stayed pretty white. And like, I was surprised that like no bullets through like flew through his head like when all the cops shot him. Oh yeah, nobody ever aimed for his head. Yeah, and with this motherfucker, I think that's what you got to aim at. Oh yeah, well he just fell down a well. Yeah. The the sheriff guy who you know Kathleen Kimmon's dead. It seemed like nobody ever really realized Kathleen Kimmon was dead, did they? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think the parents even realized what happened. How late these fuckers out? <laughs> that's some irresponsible yeah, parent. Yeah. <laughs> Mom was getting banged hard by ten guys while the kids were getting chased around all night by Michael Myers. There's probably still kids trick or treating here. Shouldn't it be sunlight by now? Shouldn't it be like four in the morning? Well, it's kind of like that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, time where uh, you know you don't uh, you know you, you start trick or treating at eleven thirty at night and then two o'clock in the morning people are still out on the street. Yeah, yeah, we turn our lights off, you know, around nine. Mm-hmm. That poor girl's been through a lot, but she should be at a hospital. Yeah. A lot of these people should be at the hospital. They probably learned from Halloween, too, though, don't you think? That's the last place when you need to recover from deadly injuries. Don't go to the hospital on Halloween night. And there's probably nobody working there. That's true. This movie, the they... Hospital, I know where one room catches on fire, and you got to evacuate all the patients. <laughs> this movie, they brought back uh, Alan Howarth, who was a synthesizer collaborator with John Carpenter to redo the music. And I think, I think that's why this movie feels also you know they they really intentionally did everything they could with this movie i felt like to um you know bring it into continuity with the previous ones whereas part five i felt like they're like we'll just do whatever i like how this kind of full circled it where she's a loony now yeah which i guess in the long run when it came to part five made no sense but you know i actually thought this would like if this was the last halloween movie ever like this would have been a shocking ending that Jamie picked up the the Myers trait and then Loomis almost kills her. But when you yeah. when you do a sequel a year later and you don't follow up with it, I kind of feel like you know. I when know. she didn't kill the mom, I think she just like got her in the shoulder. Really? I don't think she killed her, did she? I thought she did kill her. Cause cause I thought I thought part five like. What's weird is part five was uh, Ellie was like still trying to be like friendly to her and shit, even though uh, she had stabbed up her mom. You know what I mean? Wasn't she wasn't in the loony bin in part five though, was she? Who the little girl? Yeah, I thought she was. I mean, I guess that's a question for part five. We'll get around to that, fans. Yeah, we'll do that shitty part five. Hey, their part five is better than Nightmare on Elm Street part five or Friday the Thirteenth part five. Oh, I wouldn't agree with that at all. I would actually I say like I, five. I would actually say they have the worst part five. In all honesty, mm, no, Elm Street five is awful. Yeah, no, yeah, Jamie. For part five, Jamie's been committed to a children's psychiatric ward, being rendered mute due to psychological trauma. 
Oh, there's his kid. He was a production assistant, Malika Cod. Yeah, that's Malik. He's taking over doing the films now. Script supervisor was Linda Bunky Conklin. <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah. Not clunky at all. The boom person was Flash Darrows. Let's see if we see that grip who got all... Key grip was Chuck LaRocca. <laughs> Chuck LaRocca. Some porn names in these credits. Mary and Betsy Russell. Maybe they was working under the table, not in the unions, and they had to use porn names. Hey, they, that could be. I could see Mr. Cod doing that. Yeah. <coughs> what the fuck is craft service? Is that catering? Yeah, that's your snack. Like not, it, it's not like your real like what you eat for lunch, but it's like the snacks in between. Like for people need Gatorades or something during. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I never knew that. Yeah, it's craft service. And then what's weird is like sometimes it's like actually like a little cart that they bring. Sometimes they just set up a table of shit, but they always call it the honey wagon where they have the snacks. Nice. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, this was a this this is a good movie. I, I really nobody when they talk about Halloween they they salivate over part one and two so much and everybody always leaves this one out. Yeah, according to which is filming fucking Panavision for God's sakes. Yeah, like and that's the thing, Dwight H. Little he really made it seem like a big budget, e- even though it's kind of unclear in the end of the whatever. Like watching it, it does say that the mom didn't die from the wounds. So yeah, for some reason I didn't think she did, but you know, I didn't remember. According to Wikipedia, she did. Well, if it's on Wikipedia, we know it's true. I got a real bad Wikipedia story. Um, the day that Tony Scott died, uh, I heard it. And I was like, okay. I always check Wikipedia, so I went to Wikipedia. I was like, is this true? I went to Wikipedia. Some asshole wrote on it that Wik- the Tony Scott jumped off of uh the bridge and landed onto a raft of dildos and was holding dildos in his hands and all this bullshit who writes shit like that on wikipedia more importantly who's tony scott oh that's ridley's brother isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah the director okay 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 now i remember so halloween four is over this dvd has some special features like inside halloween four and then a trailer but i don't know i feel like i feel like Screen Factory or somebody. Well, maybe they have on the box set. I don't know. I don't want to speak out. But I feel like this movie, you know how like these movies that weren't that appreciated when they come out. I mean, this one was always kind of well-liked. It did some business. I think it sold a lot on videotape. But I think this should be one that, um, you know, retroactively people start liking more. Start yeah. listing as a favorite, like you said. And I think that box set should come down to about 30 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Since you can buy all the movies individually for $4. Lionsgate put out the producer's cut of six for nine bucks. There goes your reason to buy that fucking box set out the toilet. Exactly. I got... There probably ain't a person alive that ain't got five copies of the first movie. Many yeah. times that's been re-released. Everybody's got five. I got five copies of the first movie. So when it comes to Halloween box set, get treated, don't trick. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Halloween. Let me look. You know, I'm so we're you know we're so in a haze here, Corey, recording these podcasts. Halloween's tomorrow. I didn't even know what the date was. Halloween is tomorrow. 
So we should take a chance here to say happy Halloween to everybody. Hopefully I'll get my dollar shave in the mail tomorrow. Yep. That'd be a great treat. Speaking of, just uh, two days ago, I got my th- my third package from Dollar Shave. Nice. Yep. And I, I have, I'll, I'll be honest, I have been shaving more. The highest quality. Yeah. Except for the shave butter. Don't get that. I wouldn't recommend That's like shaving with Vaseline. I don't get... Oh, I have sensitive skin. I got to use my edge in the blue, you know, for the sensitive skin. Otherwise, I get a funky neck rash. Same thing. Edge gel. Yep. But, yeah, so have a good time, guys. You know, be careful out on the roads. Don't party too hard. I, I You know, I don't think there would be, like, a lot of little kids listening to this. But if they do... Don't take any candy from any fucking Jareds. <laughs> don't. You know, be careful. Halloween 2 had that great shot of where a kid bit into a candy apple and had a razor blade in his mouth. Yeah. You think that ever happened? Did you ever know anybody? No, it turned, no it was, I think they proved it over the years. It was an urban legend. Do you remember, and maybe they still do it, but I remember kind of when I got older, maybe when I was like 12, 13, they would have on the news that you could take your bag of candy to get x-rayed. Isn't that a bad idea to x-ray food that you're going to ingest? One, one would think. Um, you know, nowadays there's not, because we, we hand out, we go all out. We don't get a ton of trick-or-treaters, but mm-hmm. boy, you go to these malls and these, uh, you know, our zoo does it, shopping plazas. That's where everybody goes nowadays. Yeah, that's the thing is I think I'm just going to turn out... Uh, Unless I have a, unless I actually have a house, uh, you know, by tomorrow, um, I'm looking for a house to rent. If I have a house by tomorrow on a real street, then I'll turn the light on. But living in this apartment the last few years, nobody ever comes here. So my wife buys a legitimate like ten pounds of fucking candy to pass out, but she makes sure to hand out all the shit. So then we have five pounds of good candy that. You know, come November, three pounds of it get thrown in the trash. There you go. This this is my uh, this is my strategy, cousin. I go on Halloween day and I buy the candy, usually on sale. You know, the good candy. I wait for the good candy to be on sale. I buy about four bags. I give away if I'm lucky one bag because nobody comes to my house. I go very elaborate cutting out my pumpkins, so I have to send you pumpkin pictures. To- put on the facebook yeah we can do that for the 1980s movie graveyard or actually we already have done that what am i talking about yeah we want everybody to share pictures of their no yeah. we don't want you guys to share anything just listen and download the show yeah that would be too much to ask them to actually hit the share button on their we don't facebook. require you do anything <laughs> actually i am going to make requests i want to require you to have fun on halloween tomorrow yeah uh, I, I encourage the people to do the same yeah, there will be no uh, Halloween. I guess three will be the next one, even though there's already been a Halloween three. There will be no Halloween three in theaters tomorrow, though, because Malik Akkad does not have the work ethic of Mustafa. And who opens a horror picture in October anyway? Yeah, nobody. Who does that? Who does it? You got to do that in August. Exactly. <laughs> I remember back in August. Do you remember back in August? What was that? Two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, all the horror pictures open Sinister 2, all the horror pictures in August. Yeah, I mean, why open them uh, in October? That'd just be stupid. Yeah, nobody's in the mood to see anything then. No, you gotta start getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, so I guess that's about it. We don't want to keep people too long because they gotta put the last minute details on their costumes and everything. 
everybody have a great Halloween.